0: Hi everybody, welcome to Artifice Episode 103. This will be the last episode for a little while because I'm going to take the month of July off because I have got so much stuff that I'm working on with this new album. And it's really exciting stuff. Um, and also, I just need a break. I realized I um, you know, um I continued doing the podcast all throughout um quarantine and it was hard like i can't tell you how many interviews got rescheduled multiple times canceled last minute you know sometimes i would be like a little bit scrambling to try to get one edited just to be out in time and now that things are like easy i'm going to take a break little break just one month um and actually it's not even a totally full break because i'm still conducting interviews all throughout the month of June and July I already have a bunch scheduled. Um, so I'll have, I'll have a bunch of stuff ready to go in August. Um, but yeah, going to take a little break. So, um, we'll be back, um, like the first Tuesday in August. So updates, updates. Well, the big exciting news is that I finished tracking the new album last week. So for those who are not musicians, what that means is all the recording is finished. So, um, there's still, um, editing and some production to do and then mixing and mastering. Um, but the tracking is finished, which, which essentially just means that like my, my time in the studio is kind of over, at least for now, we'll be back, um, doing, I'll I'll be there for mixing, but I don't, I don't, I mean, what that will involve for me personally, will be like sitting in the room and maybe occasionally choosing, What I like better between two sounds, (laughs) but but um not too much like active involvement from from this point out on the actual recordings from me personally. So that means I get to be focusing on um you know like marketing stuff and putting together like all of the kind of interactive components that I like. I've mentioned a few times that I'm working on a visual art project. Um, you know I hired visual artists to do some cool things for masks. And for this project, I'm, I'm also high, I've hired some, um, you know, f- professional visual artists to help me put together, um, you know, like photo shoots and making some videos and things like that. But I'm actually working on a visual art component, um, by myself that I'm just making totally by myself. So I'm going to be working on that, um, in these next few weeks and kind of, um, prepping a bunch of release stuff, thinking possibly a little bit about merch, um, you know, all those kind of other fun, creative things. So I'm, I'm going to be focusing more on that. I would love so much to have you along for the ride. So if you're not yet, um, go to my website and, um, join the mailing list, uh, so that you can kind of get all the behind the scenes stuff and hear, you know, when I say behind the scenes, really what I mean is the the deep dives, you know, like, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily mean the behind the scenes of making the stuff, although, you know, I'll certainly include that too, but more the behind the scenes of what it all means to me or, um, you know, what it might mean to you or just those kinds of kind of deeper, lower layers kinds of things. And, um, I've certainly been Um, been careful to build in lots of like lore as it were into this this record Um, yeah so stay tuned for you know the reveals of such things okay I think that's it I think those are the announcements um you guys this episode sheesh I talk so much in it (laughs) Um, I feel like I need to just like apologize to Desiree, although I think maybe it was a good conversation for both of us, but I sure as was listening back thought, wow, Emily, you are doing a lot of talking in this episode. So, um, just, you know, a little word of warning, but that said, um, Desiree and I seem to have quite a bit in common, um, in terms of, you know, what art means to us and how we kind of got to where we are in our professions. Um, I had never met her before. Um, and it's always, you know, it's such a, it's such a beautiful experiment in, I don't know, humanity and human connection to have a conversation with someone brand new and then kind of realize that you have such an overlap of shared experience. Um, so, so that's nice. And, and, um, And I so loved getting to know Desiree and hearing, um, yeah, how she thinks about what she makes and, um, you know, kind of where she, where she's, uh, where she's at now in her art versus where she started. It's always inspiring. And yeah, I just kind of felt, you know, as I say, frequently a bit of an instant bond. So, um, yeah, I think that's it, um, it's been like an awesome year so far. Some really beautiful conversations. I'm excited for what's coming up. Um, what's coming up right immediately is my conversation with Desiree Lee, who um, we I, we don't talk that much about her, her particular pieces in this interview. We talk kind of more generally, more broadly. But um, you, I can't recommend it enough that you check it out. It's really compelling and it's, it's the kind of stuff that... Um, I mean, she has a lot of prints for sale on her website um, that are that are, um, you know, like uh, affordable for for people who want to support artists. Um, You know, they're not all like original. She has prints is what I'm saying. (laughs) She has prints available. And and I not maybe everybody does. So um, check out Desiree's website and, you know, get a print, Um, get it as a gift or get it for yourself. Um, she has a really unique style and it's, I, I'm really into it, it's mostly black and white. And, uh, I won't keep describing it cause there's no way I'll do a good job, but it's, it's, it's evocative and whimsical and, um, you know, it's really cool. Okay. This has been a long enough intro. I appreciate you all so much. Please join me on my mailing list, um, in this interim here And I will be back here in the Art of His podcast the first Tuesday in August. Okay, here comes Desiree. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, We see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Um, Well, I always like to start with people at the beginning of their lives and just kind of get a picture of, like, what kind of a creative atmosphere you had in your childhood. So um, maybe you could just tell me, or, or I'll ask it, this way um what were you like as a creative child like what were you kind of up to or what evidence was there that you were oh man headed toward a life of creativity
1: um I mean I was always the artsy one in class right that was kind of the label I got early on and my parents were pretty um they kind of let us do our own thing so I was allowed to draw and color and I um, also, since I was young, I've always been a really internal person. Yeah. Like things, I process things really internally. Yeah. Even though I was also really attention seeking, which I guess helps when you're an artist. Yeah. (laughs) It's a
0: weird blend. I find this with a lot of my guests, like mostly introverts, but then like we have these weird professions where like we need to like put our work in front of people.
1: (laughs) yeah it's like a very strange balance yeah yeah it's not (laughs) easy it's like a learned skill for me so
0: when you were when you were little and you were kind of labeled like the artsy one and I'm I'm assuming you mean like pretty young like Mm -hmm. why like what, what what how did people know were you just always drawing or was it other like more kind of broad like personality
1: things too Um, oh, it was definitely just the drawing, um, drawing all the time. Yeah. Just the way my brain works. Like it's really easy for me to put things down on paper the way I see them. And how did you feel about that label? Like, did it feel, were you like proud of it or were you like, yes, I am. Or
0: like, did
1: you feel complicated about it?
0: Yeah. No, I didn't feel complicated about it at all.
1: I was really, um, yeah, it's a label that I'm really happy to have. It doesn't bother me.
0: (laughs) People kind of labeled me as an artsy child too. And I also felt like really comfortable with that yeah. <laughs> like from, from a pretty early age. Although my parents were like less supportive, um, than maybe it sounds like yours were, but I still just felt like, yes, like, why wouldn't I want to be like, why yeah. wouldn't I want this label? Yeah. Um, so are, are either of your parents artists too, or like, or involved in creative endeavors?
1: Uh, my dad is a graphic designer. Cool. So he has his own little graphic design business um and my mom was really into photography but she didn't pursue it she was a mom
0: okay so they but they were they were doing creative things and like there it was kind of valued in the home yeah valued or more just like they didn't say Incidental. anything against
1: it okay. yeah <laughs> they were and like that's great Go your, for it. But,
0: but your dad was like a professional artist mm-hmm. yeah okay, cool design. and
1: then do you have siblings i do I have three immediate siblings and two step siblings that I'm not super close to. Okay. Are the immediate siblings older, younger, one older and two younger? Okay. It was your older sibling doing anything creative. Yes. In fact, she kind of started with the label of the artistic one, at okay. least in the family. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess we were, we're all kind of, I think we're all kind of artistic. You know, not I love about it. talking about these things with people because like the
0: thing that I'm, the thing that, the thing that I'm fascinated with is like or fascinated by is kind of, you know, how did we get to the point that we are, um, as adult creatives? Like how, how did we make it happen? Was it, Mm. was it a story of resilience or was it kind of like, you know, this has always been supported. This just what I've always done. Um, I'm, I'm always really curious about like just how we're getting there. So kind of setting the stage of, you know, what was the environment like for creativity, Got um, it. Yeah, I'm just I'm interested in that.
1: Yeah, no, and I can answer that. That is something I have thought about. I haven't thought all the way back to my childhood. <laughs> but yeah. I've definitely thought about like the point where I decided I was gonna be an, an artist. Yeah. And it had a lot more to do. It happened later for me than maybe some people because I grew up, I'm assuming enough people who listen to your podcast group in Utah yeah. <laughs> that they know a what it means to grow up Mormon. Are, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I grew up Mormon and so I just like had this thing in my head that like I was going to be a mom and I didn't really want sure. to, but it was like expected of me. Same. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And I also am like, I'm in my thirties and have no children. And yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is I get it. really lucky for any children that may have ended up being mine. Like it's really <laughs> lucky that I do not have children. Um, but yeah. So at some point when I, um, realized that I, that I didn't believe in the LDS church and I was kind of done with it, then there was like this pathway open to me that was like well I really can kind of just do what I want isn't that weird yeah like yeah how old were you I it was late for me I was in my late 20s
0: okay okay um yeah actually like I have maybe a follow-up question I do feel like there are I mean the arts are kind of misunderstood and maybe undervalued generally in this mm-hmm. country but I feel like in like kind of an LDS culture it's different it's it's like maybe more in some ways. Um, and I'm curious, like with your dad being a professional artist, like, I don't know, do you have any thoughts about how like his profession, I don't know, was like interacting with like that culture? I know that's, it's kind of a non-question, but (laughs) Look, can you phrase it in another way? Well, yeah, totally. I mean, so I, I, and some of this is just my, like, so my parents, I'm, uh, I'm estranged from my dad now and my mom died a few years ago. Um, I'm but sorry. I wasn't, it, thank you. I wasn't close really with either of them and they were narcissistic and kind of abusive oh people. Oh my God. Okay.
1: Let's talk about okay. this. Okay. okay. Cause I was it. like holding back. Like, did you have a loving family? Do you have a hard time with your parents? The same way I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But so carry yes. on. So okay. Yeah. And then we can talk
0: about anything. Cause I really, I really am so curious about like how we, like, what are our, what are the backstories of like how we got to where we are? Because I think having a career in the arts is like maybe a bit, um, misunderstood by ev- most people. Um, that's why my podcast is called artifice. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, um, there's a lot of like unknowns in kind of what our lives are like. Um, you know, how much is talent? How much is hard work? How, you know, right. what does it mean to you? Right. Um, and I, and I'm just curious about, curious about these things because of like my own story probably. Mm. Um, but the arts were really undervalued in my family. I mean, I think my family valued entertainment, Um, they valued art in the sense that it was entertaining, but not in the sense that, like, it's valuable, um, you know, or certainly not in the sense of, like, there was definitely never a thought that it should be. That's just my husband getting home from That's the fine. grocery store <laughs> and they're sparking. <laughs> Does he want to go do my grocery shopping too? Cause <laughs> we, I hate grocery He shopping. hates it so much. Mm. And I think Andrew hasn't been grocery shopping in like probably two years. And then my, my brother is going to be in town today. We kind of mm. knew late last minute. So. Andrew went to the store to get some things um for lunch <laughs> for my little nieces that one of which I have oh. har- hardly even met I met her briefly when she was like 2 months old anyway um yeah so I was really artsy as a child and it was not welcome in the family um so I'm wondering like you know I always feel like some of these like we don't really value the arts things were tied to mormonism in my family hmm. but then With your dad being a professional artist, like, normally I feel like when my guests have parents who are artists,
1: it's like the children are welcome to be artists as well. Yeah. I, it definitely wasn't unwelcome. I think both my, I was also really academically minded when I was younger. So I like got really good grades and blah, blah, blah. And so I think my parents were kind of hoping like my dad kept trying to get me to be a doctor, and my mom wanted me to be a nurse, and like.
0: And was that just because like his he found
1: his career difficult? Um, yeah, and his career was difficult. It okay. is difficult. Yeah. Um, and and partly because I think in my family we're not really financially, like I didn't learn good financial good principles from my family. Okay. Yeah. Um, that came later and I'm still not good at it, but
0: yeah. Learning,
1: (laughs) learning. It's a,
0: it's a lifelong process to like learn the things that we weren't taught as children. It's, it's true.
1: It's true. It helps to have a partner who's like way better at it than I am.
0: But maybe like the church culture things weren't like, I think what I'm wondering is whether the church culture things were affecting like your relationship with creativity or how creativity, um, was valued in your home.
1: I would say the church culture more affected how I valued myself. Okay, which made me feel like I could, like I wasn't good enough to be an artist. Okay, um, so it was much more about you know my value as a woman and just my value as a person in general. Sure. That um, led me to believe that I could not make a career as an artist.
0: I certainly felt that same way. And I think that's why like this, like getting labeled as an artistic child, pretty young by like other teachers was so valuable to Mm me.
1: I see. So
0: I think maybe that's, I'm wondering more like, yeah, how, what your relationship with that feeling. Cause I think I felt like that felt more right, but I knew that like more of the people in my life, valued me or, or didn't yeah. for these other things.
1: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I think for me, art was very much an identity as yeah. well in, right. in a different way. Like I think some people say I have an artistic personality and really it's just like, they like to wear a certain type of clothes they like and pink. Yeah. That is not yeah. me. Like okay. <laughs> I am, yeah. the, I'm a, a nerd, but, <laughs> but, um, it, it was more for me, like a place of refuge. Um, like, especially my teen years, I was in really unhealthy family situations and really unhealthy home situations so art for me was a place where I was just me and I could express um you know what an unhealthy place I was in in a way that was not acceptable in my family to say um and just find acceptance because it was something I was really good at Mm -hmm. I get that like 100%. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I fully understand.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, you
0: know, it's really interesting. Like I said, I've done like over a hundred interviews and all of the only thing that all my guests have in common is they're professional artists of some kind. Mm. Um, and I love talking with people about like their art identities. It's like one of the main things that I
1: talk about on the podcast. That's awesome. And you just like started right off with it. Like we just jumped right in.
0: (laughs) Guilty. Um,
1: (laughs) but yeah, like, So a lot of my
0: guests, when I ask them about their art identity, they like maybe haven't thought about it or didn't really start identifying with like their kind of artistry until they were much older. Pretty rarely have I talked with people who felt like art was part of their kind of identity or felt important to them in that way as children. Mm -hmm. But I certainly felt that way. And it sounds like that was important to you too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just, just in a world that had no stability, um, like that was my stable thing. What did it mean to you? Like like what was valuable
0: about it i mean it's stable but mm-hmm. were there other things like
1: just that i was good at it i think it was the one thing that i could have a real confidence in yeah um and it wasn't bad for me to have confidence in it um, right bad as in like religious term bad like van- like a vanity thing yeah yeah, totally yeah yeah it's I like get it. i could i could be good at it and people could tell me i was good at it and i could be okay with that and
0: that was all like allowed yeah, yeah. ugh i I like, I understand this. <laughs> um, okay. I want to know, like, how, do you remember like how old you were when you started feeling like you really wanted to be good at it and better at it and you wanted to kind of like practice and like challenge yourself?
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, I mean, I would say definitely in college, I, okay. I was, you know, pushed yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, I think it wasn't until I picked my, like the pen and ink medium and like found my voice in that, yeah. that I really just wanted to become the best at it. Okay. Um, so
0: before that, it was just like, it was kind of like an outlet, like you weren't like working on it
1: really? Yeah. Or I, I was working on it, but it was like something I was good at and I didn't really have to try. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas when I really decided this was what I was going to do, it's like, okay, well then I need to work at it and get better at it.
0: So when you were younger and you were just making things, how did you decide like what you wanted to draw? Like what was it, what was like the process like for you?
1: It was probably a little insane. Things are a little crazy in my brain, even as a kid. Um, I mean, I
0: think it's so interesting. Like I, I love hearing people like, like, just talk about what their relationship with the, their medium is like.
1: Yeah. I would say it was a lot of fantasy. Like, I just really loved to make up creatures and people. Okay. Um, which is right in line with the kind of books I liked to read. And- yeah. I also, like, so I'm a, I'm a
0: musician now, but I, I used to draw a lot when I was a child. I, I didn't pursue it in any sort of... Um, you know, serious way. But I also was just like reading a lot of fantasy, drawing dragons and mermaids Mm -hmm. and then like, you know, singing, singing things like when you were saying before, I mean, I, I like when I'm talking with artists about their childhoods, I'm always like trying so hard not to project. Maybe like (laughs) my questions are like, I'm trying not to like lead you too much, but then like, I want to know.
1: No, it's great. You're, Your interview style is just fine. It, <laughs> it wouldn't be working. your podcast okay. if you weren't doing it your way. You're good. good. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when
0: I was little, like I loved singing, broad. I would love singing Broadway songs. And I think like I would sing things that were really dark. Like I liked singing really dark, mm. like characters who were going through like real trauma. And I, and I was going through real trauma, mm-hmm. but I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Yes. And singing like those kinds of songs let me express like, you know, fear and anger and, like, real hurt in a way that, like, I was not allowed to. So I I can relate to that piece of, like, art being, like, a, you know, safe way to, like, tell, like, to tell some of the things that you're dealing with.
1: Yeah, well, I think that even applies today because I've always liked... I mean, I relate to that with music because I have always liked really sad music. I like music that makes me feel really sad. Yeah. And like you were saying, because back then it was like I was unhappy. Yeah. And it, like things were not good for me. Yeah. And that was the only place where I it was okay to like feel that and express that. Yeah. Not that I'm a singer. But no, like no. singing along was like, oh, my heart is breaking. This is so sad. And it was like a good reason. And then I think I still do that now. Yeah. It's a different dynamic because now, um, you know, I try to be pretty open about the fact that I have depression, but it's still something that you hide, right? You still want to look happy for just people. It's just a matter
0: of like practicality. Like, right. Yeah. Right. I, get, I have depression right. as well. So I, Oh, totally. I, yeah.
1: I, from listening to you, I yeah. was like, I bet
0: <laughs> depression, anxiety, narcissistic yes. parents, religious trauma, gender like
1: problems. We're the same person right now. I feel like <laughs> this is so my story. Um, But, but yeah. So even now, like I love sad music and it is because like, it makes me feel sad, but it's okay that I'm feeling sad. I don't have to pretend like I'm not. It gives you
0: somewhere. Um, yeah. Like, and safe is maybe not even the right word. Like it gives you somewhere comfortable to put it Mm -hmm. to like, yeah, I totally feel
1: that. Yeah. And I didn't learn to do that with my drawing until I was older. I think like until I had gone to therapy a little bit, like I, I think I did it a little bit naturally with my drawings, but it didn't really come out sad until I like really started working on my drawings. Well,
0: and that makes sense too. Like if you're in an environment where like, like you were saying, you know, part of what was valuable to you about drawing was like, you were allowed to get, you were allowed to be good at it. You were allowed to receive validation in that way. And if you had been drawing really dark things, that wouldn't have been true. Yeah. Where I think like for me singing Broadway music, like they weren't my songs, you know, like no one would be, no one would accuse me or guess that like I was really relating yeah. to those things. Yeah. It could be my
1: total private secret. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. But now, yeah. now that we're talking about it, I'm recalling like one or two pieces that I really worked on that actually were really sad. Yeah, <laughs> But in general, I wasn't just drawing sad things all the time. Yeah. You, they're probably, there likely would have been some backlash
0: if you mm-hmm. had been, I mean, I, I've, I've like, we said before, like a lot of my guests have been women who grew up in Mormonism and are not Mormon anymore. Um, just because we live here. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a really common story of like, you know, either like a lot of the guests that I've had that are visual artists, like did paint or draw like a lot of dark things and really got a lot of backlash Mm -hmm. from it. And then a fair amount of people talk about it more like you're talking about it of like, yeah, I mean, I made pretty things. Yeah. Um, until I was old enough and safe enough to make the things that I kind of just wanted to make. Yeah. To,
1: to really explore it. Yeah. And
0: maybe have like a couple of other questions about like, you know, I'm, I'm interested in these, the way that like our artistic development, um, happens alongside just like our human development, which is why I'm curious about people's childhoods. And, (laughs) um, also like teen years are super important. So, um, during, during like maybe the time before your, you know, 18, 19, 20, like just what, what you would consider like these kind of like teenage, like pre-adult years. Um, how did your, I guess I want to know, like, how did your relationship, what was your relationship with art like during that time? And I guess, I mean, not even specifically the art you're making, but also just like how you're consuming music, how you're consuming literature, like, just what was your relationship like with art in those years?
1: Yeah. These are thinkers. You are you ask hard questions. <laughs> Good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember. So I know my relationship with art specifically was somewhat fraught. So I had, I took private art lessons in high school. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but for like a couple years in high school. And the woman there was very supportive of my art, but also really supportive of me yeah. and recognized that I was in at, at both of my parents' houses, I was in a pretty unhealthy place. Okay. So I w- went there for like a year and a half and then I started to express myself at home. Some of the things, the ideas that I'd gone through with her and then all of a sudden I wasn't allowed, Yeah, like I, she wasn't allowed to be my art teacher anymore. Oh, no. So the, <laughs> so my relationship with art through high school was like such a weird balance of like, I still didn't know, like I still thought I was always the one who was wrong. Um, yeah. So, so then I was like, okay, well then this art doing art this way, I guess is bad and wrong. Does that make sense? How yes, it's kind of 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm just starting to deal with some of that stuff. Like now, how mm-hmm. old are you? I am 38. Okay. I'm, oh I just my gosh. 33. <laughs> okay. So we're like, you know, not that, yeah. not that different. We're both in our thirties. Yes. Um, yeah. This thought of like. And actually like, I'd love to talk about it more if like, even just for my own, like, cause I feel like please, I'm figuring no. this stuff out yeah, too, please. but like, yeah, this weird feeling of like, you know, really valuing my relationship with art and knowing that there was something really important there. Also believing the adults in my life who told me it wasn't, or like you said, like I was wrong, like mm-hmm. that feeling of like, I
1: thought, I still thought I was wrong. Like. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Because that's, that's what my parents told me. And especially on one, one side, I'll try not to get too specific, but especially on one side, I was just the bad guy. Like I, I just became the one who was taking the fall for everything. Yeah. And I believed it as I was a kid in
0: my family too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because you're a kid and you just believe what people are telling yeah. you.
0: You just think I actually am causing all these problems and mm-hmm. I actually am the worst thing that ever happened to my family.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or just believing that like, well, you know, even though you didn't do this, why don't you just take the blame for it and that'll make everybody in the family happier. Yeah. Um, Damn. It's yeah. rough stuff. Oh my God, it's awful. I hate it. <laughs> it's, those were not good years for me.
0: No, me neither. No. Me neither. And I think that's why sometimes I, I get a little obsessive thinking about like, how did I get out of that? Like, how did I do it? And what did art do for me? And are other people experiencing these things? And, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, I just feel like it's important, like excavation Mm -hmm. of like, you know, our humanity. Yeah. But yeah, I think about this a lot. Like there was something so resilient in my relationship with art, but it was also so fragile. (laughs) Like it was, it was so fragile. And my, like relationship with myself, like myself and the person that I like wanted to be and who I thought I should be and who I really kind of wanted to be and Mm -hmm. who I maybe was. Um, Yeah. It was like a weird, weird blend of like such resilience and such fragility that I, I wonder sometimes like, how did I manage to keep any of this? Cause it, I feel like the adults in my life, other than like, I also had a couple of really special teachers um, really wanted to snuff it out. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, so were you able to hold
1: on to like some of those things that that teacher kind of gave you? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, skills, obviously she taught me skills. Um, But also there was an air about her of just acceptance of everything, like come and lay it on the table in your art. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to love you. I'm going to tell you when you're being dumb. And I'm going to tell you when it's good and, but I'm going to love you either way. And I had not experienced that in my life. Yeah. Um, or at least not in that way where it was just like, you be you and I will be here for you. Yeah. And what, whether, no matter what.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to like say about those years and like any, you know, anything that you think is like. I don't know an important through line in like your artistry or you know I always imagine that like there could be someone listening who like is still <laughs> in that you know like yeah like I feel like these stories are important to tell because like obviously like neither of us is the only one yeah <laughs> so there are more
1: yeah of like how you manage to do like just get through it yeah um you know I <laughs> I don't even know. I definitely did not get through it unscathed., um, but I feel like there are so many like there are so many lessons to be taken from it. like, you know, the way that I felt isolated because I was going through things that were heavy and my friends didn't get it. yeah so this message of like you do not know what people are going through, and you just gotta be nice to people because they could be dealing with serious shit at home 100%. or um, so there's that lesson and then there's also the lesson of like, If you, if someone's telling you that you're not okay the way you are, you don't have to believe them. And even if it feels like that's what everybody is saying, if you feel like everybody around you is telling you you're not okay how you are, um, just don't believe them for now and trust that you will find people who just think you're okay or who may say, yeah, you did stupid stuff, but you're valuable. Totally. Um, and I know like our, our suicide rates are so high in Utah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's because you get in these communities where if you're not the way that they think you're supposed to be, they're just telling you you're wrong, but, and not in a way that's just like, oh, that sucks in a way that's like, you're going to hell if you don't change. Yeah. Um, and that's so heavy and to have nobody telling you that you're okay the way you are. Yeah. So the message is just like, you are okay how you are. Like you're, you're beautiful and valuable, just how you are. Like that should be the baseline. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people get that, but a lot of people don't get that while they're growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly didn't. No, I didn't either. (laughs) Although I did, I did get a lot of validation
0: from like non-parental adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think was also like my relationship with the church was really like it was the stable thing in Mm -hmm. my life. Like it was more stable than art. I think it like was the stable thing in my life while my family was like really really hard yeah um and the adults that i knew at church mostly i felt like really did value me so i don't know like i think my relationship with it like it it went south after i realized that my worth really was intrinsic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then i was like i don't need this in the same way that i used to yeah yeah it's really complicated. Okay. Maybe I just have like one last question. Mm-hmm. Do you like in light of all these things and in, in light of like, I, I know for me, like art felt like it was so necessary for me as a child. It was, and, and I mean, consuming it like reading, I was reading a lot. Mm-hmm. I was listening to music, Um, having art as like a, a, a thing that I could safely consume, having art as an outlet, whether it's, you know, writing poetry or drawing or singing or playing piano or whatever it was, those things were so, so crucial to my, like, survival as a child. Um, I, what I What I'd love your thoughts on is, do you feel like these kind of abilities that we have to appreciate art and also to create art, and by we, I mean you and me, not everybody <laughs> necessarily, um, do you think that those things are inherent? Where do you think they come from? Or do you think We built you know, we we built those relationships because they were necessary. I wonder about that so much.
1: Hmm. I can give you my thoughts, but I don't in any way want to imply that I think they're true. They're just what I'm thinking right now. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um I I do think part of it is intrinsic. I think a lot of it probably has to do with how we process information. Okay. I think something that makes you able to relate to art in a certain way mm. is how you see things and how you process that information. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's definitely like an intrinsic set of skills, like bless my heart. I will never be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> um, no matter how hard I practiced. Well, but I don't know. if
0: you had a really great teacher, maybe
1: I'm sure I could at least get like mildly acceptable, I but believe that everyone can sing. Like, I feel
0: like it's like, a, I feel like it singing, like dancing are like human
1: things. Yes. I agree with yeah. that. And I, I don't, I don't agree that everybody should sing in front of people. I think everybody yeah. should sing. I think so too. And can yeah. Sing. yeah. I feel really strongly
0: that everyone like, like having, a good relationship with like your physical voice is like really important.
1: I love
0: that. I th- I really think it like, I love cause that. your physical voice is like the way that you communicate your inner voice, you yeah. know? I mean, a way that you communicated and having like a, a healthy, like one-to-one, like I sound the way that I feel. I think it's like very it's like having good posture, like,
1: yeah. Well, and I love that you said that about dance too. Cause it's the same thing with your body, like yeah. being able to move it and feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, Like
0: singing and dancing are like part of your like human, right?
1: Yeah. Like it's part of like what our species like <laughs> does, but also some yeah. people should not stand up in front of people and do it. Like <laughs> I love, I love voices.
0: I love people being happy about their voices. And so like, I would, I would be thrilled as a professional singer and as a voice teacher to hear someone joyfully singing poorly any day.
1: Okay. Like one day yeah. we'll get the like big joyfully group. dancing poorly, you know, like
0: it's just like I don't know, it's we such a resilient act. I'm okay, bad at
1: both of those things. <laughs> we should definitely be friends. Great. <laughs> I
0: love it. But you know, I want I interrupted you. So like you okay. were talking you were saying something about singing.
1: Yeah, no, I was saying um like there's an there's definitely an inherent skill yeah. that That you're born with <sighs> oh God, that's so chicken in the egg because I I know. I tend to feel like I think about it all the time because I process stuff differently. I didn't fit in like I do not think there's anything inherently wrong with this message from the conservative religion that I grew up in that women should want to grow up and have babies. I don't think there's anything wrong with women who want to grow up and have babies, yeah, both of my sisters have done that, and they're wonderful moms, and they're amazing people. Um, and I respect them so much for doing that. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't room for me there. Like there wasn't room for the way that I did things. Yeah. And I feel like probably the place that that came from is the same place that my art comes from too. Yeah. And I, and I don't know which was first and if there was a cause and effect or if they just both come from like, I'm, I just process things. Yeah. Totally. Differently,
0: Yeah. I really relate to that. And even just something you said before about like, you know, I was going through heavy things and my friends couldn't understand it. And the lesson that you took from that is like, you just have to be nice to people. <laughs> I think I felt the same way as a child, like as a really little kid, I just, I knew, I knew from such a young age that things aren't always what they seem. And I assumed that maybe a lot of times things aren't what they seem. Um, because I knew that that's what, that's what was happening in my family. Mm-hmm. I knew that things were not what they looked like. And I think like, even just that, like, I wonder about this so much of like that knowledge, like made my relationship with art. Um, mm. you know, like, like it wasn't even just like, Oh, I processed differently. It was like that truth of like, things aren't what they seem made me process things differently. Cause I was always assuming there were layers yes. and like assuming that about art too, like just assuming that there were going to be layers.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting to think about,
0: which again, like this is why my podcast is called artifice. Cause like there's, there's this artificial, like, you know, t- top layer. And it I don't mean artificial in like a negative connotation kind of way. Just there just must be a top layer. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be something that is at the front And it is maybe possibly going to obscure things that are behind, like, even if it's not on purpose.
1: Right. And it's not a lie.
0: It's just it just is the thing. It's just the first thing. Yeah. Right. And then there are there are there are necessarily going to be things underneath that maybe most people wouldn't wouldn't ever even. um think to wonder about, Mm. but like, I'm going to think to wonder about them. You're going to think to wonder about them. Mm -hmm. I suspect that most artists will think to wonder about what's like behind that top layer. And I think that's true for us as people. I think it's true for all of the art that we consume. And I also think it's true for like, you know, the way that um, art is affecting other people. Like we can each have kind of our own thoughts about how we want other people to receive the things we make Um, and also know that like other people are going to find things in our work that we never put there.
1: Yes. Yes. I have, (laughs) I have this, like if somebody comes and looks at my art and says, oh man, this is dark. Like this is sad. Like I immediately know that I will be friends with them because it's all covered with this top layer of like like a balloon. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. A little girl
0: with a balloon, but a
1: dinosaur too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So if somebody sees the sadness in them, I'm like let's be buddies. Right. Like, <laughs> Cause you, it get it's like a little signifier. Like you know, something
0: about how that person's processing. Yeah, totally. Yes. 100%. Okay. So talk to me about how you like this decade of your twenties and how you like, what, what was happening with your relationship with creativity and art and how did you eventually decide to pursue art?
1: Yeah. So my 20s were, I have to think, what was I doing? I was in college um, and I went to BYU. So that was um, like, if you want to know whether or not you fit in in Mormon culture, <laughs> like go to BYU yeah. because it is, the church is just everything. It's your social life. It is what you choose to eat, where you can stand, like, um, it's it's so intense, and it was it did not take me long for me to be like, okay, this like this isn't working. I for do me. not fit in in this yeah. culture, yeah. And that wasn't a belief thing for me as much as it was just like, wow, like I'm really different.
0: Yeah, I actually went to BYU for two semesters. Mm. I transferred. I I was never plan. I didn't plan to stay there. It was like a we will disown you if you don't at least try it kind of a situation, <laughs> and so I wanted to study jazz and they didn't have a jazz studies program. And I knew I wanted to go to this school in Texas. So I never tried to kind of put down roots Mm, mm because I knew I was just doing some generals, saving money and getting out of there. But I felt that way too. And I was like very Mormon at that time. Like I wasn't having, I wasn't having belief questions. I wasn't having, you know, like obedience questions. Like all of that stuff was working fine for me. Um, And I still... I still had that feeling of yeah. like,
1: I just don't, I just don't belong here. It's, it's so true. And, and part of that is for me, like I'm naturally awkward. Like I'm, <laughs> I don't fit into most groups, but it was just like, so apparent, like that I did not, like, I just didn't fit in enough yeah. that I didn't even know why it was just like, Oh, Can like, you, do you feel like, you know, why now? <laughs> um, I, I think because I had been through some stuff, um, That made me a little bit socially behind other people. Okay. Um, so I talked about how, um, like my friends didn't really get what I was going through. So I would like withdraw and I had friends and they were really nice, Yeah. but nobody wants to talk about, you know, how you get grounded for a week for not cleaning under your bed. You know, like nobody wants to hear that. Um,
0: I would have wanted to hear that. Yeah. I would have been like, really? (laughs) You too? Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: the same kind of stuff. Oh, so crazy. So crazy. we can can go into details at some point, but, but I, I mean, I didn't realize how bad it was at that point. It was just stuff like that. That was like, well, that's clearly wrong. Well, it's like, you have all this trauma. I mean, at least this is how it was for
0: me. I had a lot of trauma, but, and it was, it was now I know it was complex PTSD, Mm. but it wasn't, um, it wasn't, I, it wasn't related to a specific event. You know, I couldn't point to like, there was this one trauma or and so I had a lot of problems and did not know what to call them, did not know how to talk about them. Yeah. I knew that my mom, my I think both of my parents are narcissistic. My mom was definitely like the main instigator, but my mom died three years ago. And since she's died, I've had some
1: revelations
0: about my dad.
1: <laughs> okay. Would you be okay if I asked you a really personal question? I'm just such an open book. I know you're the interviewer and I'm, I'm an interview. I'm me, a completely open book. Cause I've thought about this with my parents. Cause both of my parents too, I've had really fraught relationships with. I've been lucky to kind of repair the relationship with my mom. Yeah. Um, what does it feel like when someone that has hurt you so much in your life, um, as, as somebody who should have been taking care of you, like what does it feel like when they pass on? Um, it's such a thoughtful
0: question. Thank you. <laughs> um, gosh, like, unfortunately what I have to say is like it. <laughs> so when you're little and you're, and you're not close with your mom and you just can't get your mom to love you and you can't, you can't get your mom to just see you at all. I always felt like I will be good enough and then we'll fix, like, I'll be good. I'll show her that like, I'm good enough mm-hmm. and that I'm worthy of her love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I had such a fear. Like I used to, get really stressed out as a child bad anxiety as a child. (laughs) Only two. We didn't call it that back then, but yep. It was really bad. But I used to have like a crippling anxiety that my mom would die in a car accident and that she would die before we got a chance before I could show before I could like earn her love. Mm. I don't think I've ever told anybody this, um, but I was, I was so scared that she would die and like every single, we would have, you know, she would be screaming at me and we'd have like such a, you know, bad fight or something. And I couldn't leave the house without just like saying, I'm so sorry. Like I, I never, I was worried all the time that something would happen, um, without it being okay between us. Mm -hmm. And the very last time I talked to my mom, she had brain cancer. So she was dying for, a couple of years and it was terminal brain cancer. So like, we knew, we knew she was going to die. Um, and I, during those years, like I I had
1: started going to therapy like two weeks, two weeks before she was diagnosed with brain cancer, oh which God. what? Yeah. I <laughs> and, mean, good timing, I guess it's good. You were in therapy. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh my gosh. But my therapist started kind of floating this idea of like maternal narcissism and I'd never heard of it before. And I, You know, and I started like reading some things and being like, oh shit, like this is exactly this, like this is exactly what this is. So during the time that my mom was sick, I was like desperately, desperately trying to understand her to repair things and feeling increasingly desperate as I knew more about her brain tumor Mm -hmm. and as I knew more about narcissism Mm -hmm.
1: and, you know,
0: just... I like racking my brain and like as a creative person really trying to think outside the box, yeah. like, what can I do? Like, how can <laughs> I fix it? And, um, yeah, the very last time I talked to her, um, she, I was like going to go get on an airplane and she had stopped all of her treatments. She lived in Arizona. So I knew it was the last time I was going to see her in person cause she was like dying and I was leaving the state. And so I like went and curled like, laid next to her in her bed. Um, and was like, mom, I'm, I'm leaving him like an hour, like do, can we talk? <laughs> like, and you know, I'd been like trying these whole two years. And, um, I said like, you know, I said to her, like, I'm not okay with how we are. Like, I, you know, cause it hadn't gotten better in mm-hmm. these two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said like, I'm, I'm so, so scared that you're going to die and, and leave me like this. And I'll, I won't know if you ever loved me. Um, cause I, you know, I feel like at this last moment, there's like nothing left to try to like, there's no, there's no cards left to hold. Right. And she said she, the very last thing she ever said to me was that I had, was difficult to love.
1: <laughs> awesome. And I, oh sa- my God.
0: I said to her out loud, I was like, mom, are you sure that's the last thing you want to say <laughs> oh to me? <laughs> and she just said like, yeah. <laughs> and so like, so the story that I have to tell you about that is like, it didn't change. It didn't get better. Oh my God. But the kind of gift that I have, like I will say this, like the gift that that is to me is that I know, like I know it was never going to get better. Like I have that, like, I don't know if closure is the right word, but like, I know I have like a certainty. Yeah. That it wasn't going to get better. It wasn't you. Like you
1: didn't do anything wrong. Yeah.
0: And, and that it was never going to change. Yeah. So I am spared like, you know, another cause she died when she was 52. So like, you know, I'm spared another 30 years <laughs> of like trying <laughs> really though. Like, and I feel that as such a gift and I really do. Like, yeah. I, I know that's kind of like a very dark thing to say, but like, I, I feel that as like a blessing that like, I don't have to spend another 30 years trying Yeah. to get her to love me and um, try and trying to get her to like, let me love her.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think like, again, you know, in the years since she's passed, I've kind of, because I have that knowledge of how that felt, saying goodbye to my mom, like, I don't need to give my dad
1: another 30 years. <laughs> like, so. <laughs> okay, I feel like that just made me happy that you said that. And it's it like, on the surface, it seems like a sad thing. But underneath, it's like, yeah, like, if someone's really bad for you, and they're not going to change. Yeah. Totally. Then, then why? That's totally how I feel about
0: it. And I feel like. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't owe my dad another thirty years of pain. Yeah. So it's just like.
1: Yeah, yeah. and if he were to come to you and say, like, I want to do something to change, maybe, but yeah. if he's not gonna, then it's not worth your effort. It's yeah. really not. I it's agree really with that. not. Yeah. yeah. So that so that's my answer. But you know, everybody can be different. I have heard of
0: people like, you know, repairing things, or, but yeah, in my experience, it was like my mom dying young really felt to me like a like a, it's a relief, you know?
1: Hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that cause I'm I do, too. I worry about, I'm estranged from my dad right now. Um, and he recently came to me and said like, I like, let's go to a therapist together,
0: Yeah,
1: which, which is good. But before that I had thought like, what if he dies and I've never made up with him? Am I going to regret it forever? And I'm, am I going to be super sad? So it's nice to hear someone yeah. say that, like, No, it's like, it was fine. That's why I
0: feel so (laughs) strong about talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like I will tell anyone who asks me because I know, like, I know that I know that not like these experiences are not that rare, but they're rare enough that Mm -hmm. like to have someone
1: who is able to like give it to you straight. It's really valuable. No, I totally agree with that. I totally. And that's not to say that like, it sounds like you tried, like, it's not like you didn't try it, but at some point, like relationships have two people in them yes yeah well and not only that but like a parent and child are not equals
0: like you're never gonna be equals Mm -hmm. like those people are gonna have power over you in a way that it's just you they're your parent
1: (laughs) like it's
0: not equal yes i love that it's not a marriage you know? Yeah, No, it's not. It's yeah. not.
1: Um, I was just reading an interview um, from Ted Chiang, who's a, I don't know. he's a science fiction yeah. writer. I love his writing, but he was talking about how he's really interested in exploring the relationship between parents and kids yeah. exactly for that reason is that yeah. it is such a one-sided relationship. Yep. And so in my mind, I'm like, so, so when you don't get that, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that just like wholehearted giving, I would give up everything for you yeah. type of love when you need it. What does it do? What does that mean? And what does it do? Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, I, the thing that I
0: say and like, what do I know? I'm 33 and like, (laughs) you know, I don't know, but I mean, who knows like if in my elder years, I'll like see these things differently. But the thing that, the thing that I feel is like, we'll, we'll never get it. Like you can't make up for that. Like I don't, I don't, but I just feel like at peace with it kind of like, I will always be a person who didn't get that love when I needed it. And because of that, I feel like we, I have this, I can see things that other people can't see. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that's valuable too. Like, I feel like the fact that I didn't get that love as a child, like lets me give it so f- freely to mm-hmm. like my students, like I know what it feels like to not have it. And I walk around the world, like assuming that no one else has it either. Mm, mm
1: -hmm. You know, (laughs) like I just could better safe than sorry. Yeah, no, that's good. It definitely does give you a bigger heart to realize like how much pain somebody might be in or, or even if they don't know, like at that time I didn't know what I needed, but I was definitely hungry for something. Totally, And I also think that thing of like this,
0: there's this kind of love, void like there's this like this place where all this love should have been that it isn't that's like remains kind of untethered Mm -hmm. and in some ways like that untethered like I'm I feel like I'm learning like this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately like I feel like I'm learning to take that untethered love and like just attach it to projects attach it to new people in a way that like can be healthy
1: yeah like I try
0: to be really I try to be very mindful of the fact that like I'm likely to care about people more than they'll care about me Oh my God. <laughs> because of, because of oh this thing. Gosh. Right. Cause like totally. when you have this whole like section of your soul that like is supposed to be stable, like it's supposed to be a stable attachment to a parent mm-hmm. and it wasn't like it's untethered, right? Like it's free. It's yes. like, la- it can latch onto whatever. So I try, I, the thing that I'm trying is to like take that and take it as a strength and, like, be really respectful of, the, of other people's boundaries, but, like, let it kind of, like, attach temporarily. <laughs> Gently. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Really, like, and I know that sounds, like, kind of weird, but, Not like, I feel like it lets me be, like, really grateful for people in my life in, like, these small ways and lets me, like, give, like, a lot to people yeah. and also, like, receive, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like. I'm trying to train that, like, empty space to be, like, a bit of a superpower.
1: Oh, my God. I love the visual that you're – I mean, I'm a visual thinker. So having the visual of a tether – mine – is almost the opposite. Like I, I, I think I have the same thing you do, Yeah. but for me and you know, with my sisters, we talk about it as like this black hole where like there was something that was supposed to be there, yeah. but now it's just this black hole inside of us. And yeah. so I spent a big part of my twenties just trying to kind of stuff it people things. in there. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes I But get it's that. endless. It's endless. I just
0: heard a clicking. And so I just oh, want to yeah. make sure we're still recording. Um, <sighs> but please keep talking. Um, no, I feel that so well. And I, I, th- Think, um, okay, we're good. Um, okay. I I think that having my mom die, like, let me, it it gave me like the um it gave me a perspective that I never would have had if she didn't, to take to realize that I was doing that, yes, and to kind of go
1: like, this doesn't need to be what happens because like nothing's ever going to go there. Yeah, and Nothing you just will have, like, ever fit there. These nutty expectations for friends, for partners, for. Like, and you just feel like yes. they need to fill this hole inside right. of you. And that's not their They'll job. never be able
0: to. Yeah. And even if they wanted to so badly, they can't. No, they really, cause, cause, cause it's not a marriage. Cause it's not a marriage. It's like an endless it, sucking black hole. It's and, like, <laughs> yeah, that parent child relationship should be stronger. Like nothing can equal it. Cause they should have been there for you when you were totally helpless. Like it's not a one-to-one. It should be like a 100 to zero. Mm-hmm. Like. And if that was never there, like... It it's exponential, like yeah. it cannot be filled.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I think back. I was just thinking about this the other day, but I had one friend in college who was just straight with me, and I like I would so like to find him again and just thank him for this. But like I was like trying to like I had these high expectations for my friends, and like had fights with people all the time because they couldn't live up to them. And this yeah. guy eventually just said he's like I can't be here for you all the time. Yeah. He's like I know you're sad right now, but I can't do anything about that. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And and that and that was it. And it wasn't the end of our friendship. It was just the end of that yeah. interaction. And I think back to that and I'm like, that was such a healthy thing for me to hear and probably a hard thing for him to say, but I'm so grateful that he said it. That's love too. Like someone setting a boundary is also Mm -hmm. like such
0: evidence that they do care about you. Yes. But we have to relearn those things when you grow up with like parents that are imbalanced. It's true. Um, Yeah. You got to learn that stuff in your adulthood. And actually like, so how do you feel like those like human, like I'm figuring out how to be a human. How do you feel like that type of an exercise like relates to like your art practices? Like, do they feel related to you? Oh, interesting.
1: You know, I, I feel like this is kind of a cop out answer and one that I gave before, but it's, I feel like it definitely comes from the same place. Yeah. Um, it, my, my good art (laughs) The art that I connect with, that I make, comes from that dark hole place inside of me, yeah. um, and that's also the place that I have to deal with to work through these things to, to learn how to be a healthy adult. Do you feel like the same like problem solving skills apply?
0: Like, do you? Are you? I think I'm wondering if you feel creative about your human. Problems as you feel creative about your art problems. I
1: do not. Yeah, okay. I do not. Because I feel like in art I can solve the problems. Mm. As a human, I feel like it helps me a lot to have somebody show me how to not I mean my therapist doesn't tell me what to do. And it's not just my therapist, it's other people well, too. But it yeah, helps yeah. like I need someone to say This perspective is warped. This yeah, this is yeah. healthy, this is not healthy. Because yeah. I don't know sometimes. Yeah. I relate to that so much.
0: Yeah. I feel like this question of like, I, or this thought of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. <laughs> and like, I get that other people do know. And like, I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. Like, Cause that's a really, that. that's a bad feeling.
1: It's, it's a bad feeling, but that's, I mean, that was like my entire high school and college career was just like, everybody else knows how to interact with people. And I do not. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I still feel like that so often,
1: but, I, but like I said, I feel like
0: I'm like, I, I am trying to kind of like apply my creative skills to these problems and think like, how can I just like make this a strength? Like, how can I, how can I like, there's gotta be like another way. Like, no, I love that you're so proactive about it. It feels like the only, I love, like, I love it when problems are actionable. Like I feel desperate when there's a problem that like, I can't take any Mm -hmm. action toward. And I think that's how I felt about the problems with my parents. Like, because they are individuals in a way that like, this problem is not actionable. There's nothing like, there's no action I can take to solve it. And I feel like you said something similar to that a minute ago. And like, so I get that too. But now that like, they're not in the equation anymore, Mm -hmm. I feel very like, okay, there's has there has, there has to be a way. You have power. Yeah. Yeah. You have your power back. And like, I can maybe go outside of like a normal script and do something else that will work. You know, like maybe I can just say like, I don't understand what's happening here. (laughs) Maybe I can say, like, in real time to someone, like, I have emotional things. (laughs) Like, can can you tell you're uncomfortable, but I don't know why? No, but I really will say things like that to people. Like, I will do it. I'll just be like, are we
1: in a fight? <laughs> like,
0: you, I love that.
1: Are you mad at me? I love that. Cause, Cause I'm not sure my awkwardness and discomfort goes like way the other way yeah. where I'm just like, okay, well then I just don't, I won't talk to you. So I don't yeah. make any more mistakes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I will. And it's been like such an experiment. And honestly, like some of it is too, like those years that my mom had brain cancer was dying. I was teaching at BYU. Um,
1: <laughs> there was a lot going on. Um,
0: <laughs> and, um, And I was like emotionally unwell and kind of like on the verge of a breakdown. Like I was on the verge of a panic attack, Mm. just like nonstop for two years. Mm -hmm. And I think just for, for sheer practicality, I had to find other methods. Yeah. Like I had to just be like in the middle of sobbing and just like go teach my class, you know, like there, there just were like things that I was like, well, we're gonna, we're in uncharted territory now and we're already here. So
1: yeah. So let's just make it. And I
0: think during that time I kind of realized like, Oh, there are other pathways. Like there are other, there are options here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like the project of like, I think my thirties and maybe forties too, will be like, what can we try? (laughs) What can we do? (laughs) So I'm talking about myself Way too much. I don't mind. <laughs> <This> is <great. laughs> this is
1: great. It is nice. To sh-
0: it is nice to like talk with someone who gets it. Um, but I do want to know
1: how did you become an artist? Like, how did I, what become what happened artist? in your twenties? Um, so that is really, really wrapped up with my relationship to the church, yeah. um, to the LDS church. Um, so I was taught growing up that my value, um, my value was very wrapped up in having children and was very wrapped up in the men in my life. So what men thought of me. Um, and my job was to find a husband and have kids. So I had this vision of myself that like, I felt like there was this kernel in my soul that needed to be great, that needed to be different, that, that needed to do something special. Mm -hmm. So my idea was, well, I'll marry someone who's really special (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. And yeah. And, and then that'll be my life path. And, you know, in college, a couple times I dated a couple of really great guys. And the second marriage came up, it was just like, mm, no, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't feel good about that. Oh. Um, which uh, poor them, like, I don't think they knew what they were getting into when they started dating me. But, um, so at some point after college, I'd been working a little, um, I worked as an art teacher for a while. So um, you, you majored in art? I, I I majored in art education. Yeah. Okay. Um And was it
0: were was that decision like, did you have to f- fight anybody like to declare that major? Like was there pushback?
1: No. Okay. No, they they were okay with it, but part of it was that I had gotten um scholarships. So okay. I don't my at that point in my life my parents were so far removed. Okay. They were both um
0: They were kind of dealing with their own
1: they were both kind of neglectful at that time. Okay. Yeah. So my mom was really going through some hard stuff, um, trying to figure out who she was outside of her marriage for a while. Okay. Um, you know, my dad's, uh, wife, um, I think is a really unhealthy person. Um, so he was kind of neglectful toward me in that he was afraid to make her unhappy. Okay. So they just weren't like, I know what they wanted me to be but they they weren't really in the picture okay. honestly um that much and now and that that holds true like from when they got divorced so about when i was 13 they weren't there for me okay um i was there for them you were serving like a function in the family dysfunction exactly exactly yeah. i i was there to take the brunt of my stepmother's anger and sadness and you know all of her own things I don't even know what she deals with but it must be a lot yeah. <laughs> um, um and and so that my dad didn't have to take it I took it and you know on my mom's side while she was out kind of figuring out who she was I was kind of the one who was at home you were like emotionally supporting her and your siblings yeah yeah, yeah. and so 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 yeah sorry that's a long way to say like they they weren't really a factor Yeah. Um, did you like, so you,
0: you had scholarships that's mm -hmm. validating. Um, and you talked about this kernel, which like, I know exactly what that is. (laughs) I know exactly what that feeling is. Um, so there's these things where like, you're getting validation for art. You have this, you have this thing that's like, I'm going to do some, I want to do something special, which like I know, I, I feel like I know what that means too. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean like famous or bi- just like something like, it's just like that art
1: thing. Yeah, It's, it's just just like just, that art longing. I need to be unique. Like, like I need to be a special flower. I want to make something <laughs>
0: that is like special. Yeah. Um, so how were like, was some of that allowed to like flourish in your classes and like in your art, even though like you still had this feeling of like, it'll be the husband's thing which like I also really get that
1: yeah um yeah yeah and some of the you know weirdly enough I don't think it was the art classes I think it was a lot of my general ed classes so like my science classes and I didn't take many math classes but I took one or two um where I think in college is when I really learned how to work hard hard academically okay and so there was like this light inside of me that was like like,
0: glimpses of like
1: I'm capable yeah yeah like like oh like I can like do things I'm kind of special but I mean everybody I think everybody when they're a kid thinks they're gonna be something special and I just never grew out of that like (laughs) well I love it I mean I wish that all adults
0: felt like that which is also why I think I want to talk to adult artists like because I, I really believe like the the other kind of half of like why I love doing this podcast is like, you know, like it's easy for me to see my parents as like bad guys in my story, but also like they are sad people,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like they're they're this worldview is so small. The worldview is so shallow and just gray you know it's just like it's Mm. bad and i feel like if we can take these things that like all artists are doing like well almost all artists are doing there certainly are artists who are like really toxic people but i think (laughs) i think most artists are people who Feel this little like I'm special, and it's not wrong, <laughs> like it's true. Yeah. Like, you are, we all are, and we should be. And, like, it doesn't mean you need to make something special with art, like, you could make something special doing whatever you're doing, yes, or like you can have that feeling and apply it to parenting, you can have that feeling and apply it to freaking whatever
1: you do, yeah. Well, and for me, like, the big turn where I was able to love other people and see that in them was, or I'm <sighs> doing this the wrong way. I feel like that comes together, like yeah. feeling like I'm special at first when I wasn't secure in that made me want other people to be not special. Like I had to be special 100%. because they weren't. And then yeah. you kind of gain this knowledge of like, wait, I can be special and love yourself. And then you see. Right. Th- and then you love other people for that kernel that's special 100%. them. But until you see that in yourself. I don't know. I don't think maybe there's not a first and a second, but I feel like those things grow together. Well, when you're not allowed to love yourself, you're not really allowed to love other people either Mm -hmm. and vice versa.
0: And if you really, really know how to value other people, you have to value yourself too. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm curious about like how this little spark was flourishing like internally or like in these compartmentalized spaces while it wasn't quite allowed to like be in your frontal yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was still, I mean, I was just still good at art. Um, and, and, and I say that compared to like the general population, right? Like I was like, like art was my skill. That's what I could do. So, um, so I just like, I just kept going for it cause I loved it. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify during this time that you have a scholarship for art and you're an yes. art major, oh, it was an academic scholarship. It wasn't an art scholarship.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Nevertheless, <laughs> Clarif- you, clarification.
0: You, oh, I, I had the same thing. I had an academic scholarship and not a music scholarship. Mm-hmm. So I understand. <laughs> um, uh, but I, just to clarify during this time that you're an art major, you're still not thinking I'm going to be an artist.
1: Is that right? Yeah, I'm not good enough. And that is why the two reasons that I chose art education, which are so stupid, is one, I didn't believe in myself enough. And the second one was because... Um, in my patriarchal blessing, which is this blessing that Mormons get that tells them how the rest of their life is going to be, it mm-hmm. said that I was going to have a lot of kids that loved me, and the only way I could think of to make that come true without having kids because I knew I didn't want kids Yay. was to be a teacher. So I chose <laughs> to be an art oh teacher. I love that. And <laughs> Those I were hate the it. two reasons. I yeah. love it and I hate it so much at the same
0: time. <laughs> oh my and gosh. My, my patriarchal blessing also says I'm going to have a bunch of kids. Yeah, right. Just. And <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) have
1: that in common. And anyone who's not Mormon (laughs) is like, what are they talking about? Right. right. It's just a blessing that some random old guy gives you that tells you how the rest of your life is going to go. You know, in a a, a
0: totally ironic twist, I've told this to a bunch of people, but I don't think I've said it in the podcast because it's too Mormon, but I'm saying it now. (laughs) Um, my patriarchal blessing, which I got when I was 14 years old, has this line that says, God respects truth, regardless of where it's found. And I swear to you, that line got me out of Arizona, got me out of Utah, Aww. got me out of the church. I love
1: so, that. So, like I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty ironic. Maybe it was inspired. I don't know. But I went into the world <laughs>
0: afraid of no knowledge. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like
0: mm-hmm. If it's true, it's true. God wants me to know it. I love that. Yeah, so and then, you know, that same line just got me out of like it turned me into an atheist.
1: Yes. <laughs> Which is funny. eventually, Which is fine. <laughs>
0: I mean, it is, it is pretty if ironic it takes, though. If it
1: takes God to show you that you're an atheist. Like <laughs> if it takes like
0: the stake <gasps> patriarch to show me I'm an atheist. Yeah,
1: nothing wrong with that. 20 years later, <laughs>
0: <laughs> 10 years later, that's funny. 15 years later.
1: Um, anyway, 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 Okay. so what happened? So I'm an art teacher and then I start, um, because I have the summers off. Right. And this is the first time in my life I have had, money again, it's teacher it's beginning teacher salary in Utah. So it wasn't, but it was enough money that I could like travel. So I started traveling. My, my actual first traveling had to do with, um, um, like, um, college, like I was doing a research project. So that was the first time I really traveled. Um, you traveled by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little also
0: kind of (laughs) radical.
1: Oh, that's, I am so bad at traveling with other people. Um, (laughs) It's other than my partner, Jared, and I have like one other friend I can travel with. And otherwise I am just like the worst person to travel. Like I get so ornery. I just need my space. Um, anyway, I can, I, love, I can, I can point you toward people who will test for that. Like she just becomes a monster on day three.
0: <laughs> I just like don't travel because travel makes me like, I just, I don't like it.
1: Oh, that's fair. You yeah. don't have to like it. No. And, and it's, and it is really hard for me with, with the anxiety disorder. It's hard. Um, so I totally get that. Um, but so I started traveling and in traveling outside of Utah and staying, you know, all these places where just like, people didn't even know what Mormon was. And all of a sudden I was like, how, and, and throughout my life I had been like believing in God with the trust that like, even if I didn't really know it was true, he would give me blessings for just acting and doing everything I could to to try to believe it was true or to act mm-hmm. like i knew it was true um and i had i had come to this conclusion that like it was my um trial in life that i would never know the church was true but you know I was going to stay faithful and I was going to do the right things no matter what. And I was just like hardcore Mormon for like, I'm a stubborn person. So anyway, you weren't wrong before we're the same. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So anyway, um, but as I was traveling at some point, like I just found myself describing these things to people and being like, okay, I I, like, I don't believe this. Yeah. Uh, It, it really doesn't make sense to me. So, so at some point I got home from one of my trips and I was like, I woke up one morning and I was just like, I'm not Mormon. I used to be Mormon. And there was such a weight taken off my shoulders because all of these things that had been telling me that I wasn't good enough, that I was doing things wrong, that I didn't want the right things, um, that I wasn't as good as the people around me, um, like, they were just gone. Wow. And it was amazing. And it wasn't... (laughs) I feel like before when I was in the church, I had this view that people who, who fall off the wagon of the church, um, do it because it's, um, easier or because they start sinning and like being Mormon just got too hard. And that was not the case for me. Like, like leaving the church was hard. It was a hard decision to make. And, you know, you're putting a lot of things at risk, your relationships with your family, your friends, your but job if you teach at BYU your job if you, if you, you teach church. at BYU <laughs> <laughs> but my job did change yeah, you know yeah. because i taught in a like oh, totally. in a place where everyone a was a lot Mormon. of my
0: students a lot of my private students quit when i left the church
1: yeah yeah and there's yeah. there's just this view that like you know, oh, well, you gave up and that is not the case. Like it, yeah. it was a decision that I made knowing it was going to be hard, but it just made so much more sense okay. and felt so much more true. Right. Yeah. Woo! Long story. Yeah. Anyway, what that's all getting to is that that gave me permission to recognize my value as a person yeah. for God. me. And not as a person for the men in my life, not as a person for my future kids. Like I was valuable as a person for me and what I wanted to pursue was art. So I did. Okay. I love it. I love that. So now tell me
0: like from that point on, like from that point till now, um, I'd love to just hear you talk about like, okay, I can be more specific. Let's talk first about, um, what do you, what do you love about like your medium, and, like, what do you think is special about, like, the way you make art? Like, just talk to me about, like, the actual art you make and yeah. what you like about it.
1: Um, I like that this is, like, the first tech. I feel like m- most people who interview me start with the technical art stuff. And I know. Like, it's been, like, an hour and we're, like, now <laughs> just starting to talk about the actual I art know, that I know, I do it. I, I do it all. I, I like do it, it all backward. You <laughs> caught me off guard and I was just like, okay, I'll just tell you the truth. Then. Excellent. <laughs> um... So I, I love pen and ink and I got the words that come to mouth are juicy and delicious. Like I just find it so endlessly giving. Yeah. <laughs> um, it like, there's no end to the way I can express myself in pen. Cause wow. it's just my voice. Yeah. Um, it's that
0: one-to-one like. It's totally like unencumbered. This is me and this is how I express it.
1: Yes. I love that. Exactly. And you know, I do other mediums like I do printmaking, which I love, but even that is an extension of the pen and ink because I do dry point, which is drawing right into the plate that I'm going to print off of. Um, and I don't know why that feels so delicious to me. Yeah. Um, but it's just like the textures I can make and that stark contrast between black and white. Yeah, And there really, really isn't, with the pens I use, there's not a lot, like there's black and there's white, but everything I can create, all the gradients I can create between that um, with the way that I use the pen, the way that I move the pen, how much I move the pen, um, is just endlessly fascinating to me. and And I get really geeky about it. Like, <laughs> do you want to...
0: Be more geeky about it right now.
1: I I I mean I don't want to like scare people. No, I want
0: it. you to do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
0: I love it. Like lights me up so much to hear people talk about like what is magical to them about like the actual like art making.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it just
0: and it's so personal.
1: It really is, and it's hard to describe um unless it's someone else who has like a medium that they express themselves through. Yeah. Um, but it is, I feel like it's the only thing that I do that is something only I can do. Yeah. So that need to feel special yeah. is really fulfilled with, like if I don't draw this this picture, nobody else is ever going to draw it. Yeah. Um, How do you decide really now what kind of pictures you want to draw? There is a balance. Um, actually, my life has changed a lot since COVID started. Um, so when you're making your living with art, there's a balance between what will pay your bills yeah. and what fulfills you as a person. Right. Um, and I've been really lucky with a lot of my pieces to be able to walk that line. Um, and sometimes I make things that are more like, you know what, this will make people feel good and they'll like it. And some things I'm, sometimes I make things that are really dark and nobody will ever buy, but, <laughs> um, or, you know, just my one or two friends who see like yeah, enjoy they really the darkness. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, Um, I asked how you decide what you want to do. Thank you. So I feel like when my whole income was based on art, it was always a decision of what do I have time for? What will people buy and what will fulfill me? Um, So there was this, you know, what can I sell at outdoor art shows? What can I put into a gallery that's a little more impressive? Um, What can I you know, if I'm illustrating a book at the time, it's just this balance. Um, when I'm drawing just for me, it's, it's usually pretty dark and doesn't appeal to a high percentage of people.
0: Yeah. I get that. I mean, I, I, I'm just working on my third album, um, my third, like kind of original music album. And I also write a lot of things that are like, I know when I'm making it that like it's not that accessible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's fine. But mm. you know, when you're making a living, you also have to make the things. Well, I perform in a wedding mm-hmm. band. Yeah, and exactly.
0: Brown Eyed Girl and exactly. Don't Stop Believin'.
1: <laughs> which are great songs. Yeah. Like, don't get me started on Journey because, ha, huh. I love Journey too. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so nerdy. And and Jared hates that I love Journey, but I do, I do, I do. Um. Just some like legit great songs. Right? Yeah. And his Several ways. Oh. Wheel in the Sky. Those are good ones. I just can't that whole era. I just can't.
0: Anyway. Okay. I want to also ask. So, you know, as a fellow, like emotional upheaval haver. Yes. Um, I find that my relationship with art is so like, it's so mysterious to me. Like sometimes I feel like, you know, I have a feeling and I just need to express it. And I want to write it down. I want to like capture it in a song. Or in a performance. Um, Sometimes, though, I feel like I make something and then like as I'm writing it, I'm like realizing things like it's almost Mm -hmm. like the thing exists like before I know it. Um, And I'd love to know like how that kind of stuff is for you in terms of like what things are coming back, what things are going forth. Like, is the art you? Are you the art? (laughs)
1: um that this is like so weird that we have so much in common because I feel when I draw I feel that way exactly so when I think about making music that sounds emotional in my thought it's like well any music I would make would be contrived like that's just not how I communicate and it would just sound silly but with art um like my my brain just knows what's right and yeah. i don't think about it consciously yeah. i just start drawing stuff yeah um again these are the pieces that i'm really con- when i'm really connected yeah. to a piece and i often won't know what it's about until weeks after sometimes i'll get it while i'm drawing it yeah but but i work so hard to surpass that conscious space yeah. um and not like i don't work at it it just happens naturally like i just don't think about what i'm making And then as I'm making it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is about, (laughs) yeah, you know, like this is, this is dark. This is about my childhood. This is about how hard that was. Or, you know, this was about, is is about being a woman. This is about like, yes. And it, and it never, if I try to do it consciously, it just turns into something cheesy and like silly. Yeah. Um, but when I, when I don't think about it, it's like, it's just how my brain communicates. Yeah. Um, Is there, do you have any other thoughts about like, so again, like this,
0: this question of artifice, like it's so many things to me. And like, I also just think it's a cool word and it has the first three (laughs) letters of it are art. (laughs) I say this all the time on the podcast, but like, I'm thinking about all these things. I'm thinking about the artificial Desiree that, that someone might see at the grocery store or the artificial Emily. That's totally not on purpose. It's just a matter of fact. It's like, I have all this anxiety and depression or whatever, Yeah. And, but I have to walk around and, and know that people can't know all of that, you know, like there is going to be like some top layer that could never possibly like, could never possibly do justice to like the person that you are. And that's true for all of us. Um, there's also like these kind of artificial layers in our, in our, the art that we make, like, yeah, this is a pretty song with pretty singing, but like, these are the things that like, there's maybe even like a layer of like, okay, well, this is what this line means to me. Like if you were mm. to ask me about this line, but then there's also just like the decades of processing that like led to, you know, there's, there's infinite behind the scenes. Yeah. And then like, I, so I think about those things in terms of like us as artists and also art as art. So like there's uh, these artificial layers. And I also think about people like my parents, maybe your parents, um, I don't know. And I, I just like, I'm, I'm so, I'm fascinated by the ways that art can teach us to like the process of making art, the process of thoughtfully consuming art can teach us to do better as people to like look closer, to pay more attention could, could maybe teach someone like my dad to have some better strategies, you know, or something. Um, so I don't know what my question is. Maybe just, I'd love your thoughts on like, I don't know, like what you think art can do, like making it, consuming it. Like, what do you, th- what do you think
1: its value is? Um, in, in this context that you're talking of, I think the real art's value is honesty. Um, you know, there's that Picasso quote that's, um, you know, my, my paintings are just alive that tell the truth or, mm-hmm. or something like that. That is definitely not word for word, but mm. it's something to the effect of like, you're, when you're really creating art, that's, that's tr- true to you. Like it's, it's true. It's, it's your yeah. honesty. And I think the big difference between where I am now and where my parents were when they were, were raising me during my teenage years is that I strive to be honest with myself. I, yeah. d- I don't believe the shallow side that I present to other people. I do my best not to believe my own lies, although I'm sure there's still plenty <laughs> of unhealthy things I do that I don't know about. But but I'm I try really hard to be honest with myself and I can't lie to myself when i'm drawing like it's very Mm. clear um wait what do you mean when you say like i try not to believe my own lies like what do you i think we all tell ourselves stories about ourselves sure um like what kind of people we can be like what kind of people we are what kind of people we can be and i think sometimes people believe their own stories and people have to be the heroes of their own stories and um You know, in the case of, (laughs) I really don't want to get so specific because I know my parents are going to listen to this, but you know, like in the case of my dad, I feel like he always has to be the hero of his story and it doesn't matter if he's right or he's wrong. He'll never admit he's wrong because if he's not the hero of his own story, he doesn't know who he is. So he believes this lie about himself that he can't make any mistakes and that he can't do anything wrong. And that's like the mistake. And that's, (laughs) and that's the mistake. Like,
0: Um, it's so small. Like, I totally know what you mean. And that's like patriarchy too. I mean, that's like that thing that were, that you just said is like, that's the, that's the harm of patriarchy, like on men you know?
1: Yeah. I mean I mean <laughs> it must be a lot of pressure to have to be right all the time. That's I mean, probably it's <laughs> it's it there's no bravery in it. You know, no, like there's I mean, not. it's
0: weird. It's like the <laughs> thing that we think is masculine of like, you know, having or like having to be the hero all the time. Like there is no courage in that. Yeah. Like there's no courage in that narrative. But I totally get what you mean. Like I yeah. So I don't want to like forget what you were saying, but you're okay. like something about like when you're making art, like it's,
1: it helps you like remember to counter that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's my truth. It It's what feels honest to me. And, and I will say, um, like we all have to tell ourselves lives lies in order to like have a happy life. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> sure. if we all knew every truth, then we would just like be like, why are we even here? But, um, I, I do feel like art is the way through which I am able to access my truth the most directly. Yeah. Or, or yeah, just like being honest. And like I said, I think that's a a huge step in trying to become a healthy person is being able to, to be honest with yourself and access that honesty. Totally.
0: Yeah. I think I agree. Like, or like, I don't know. Yeah. Like art just, it helps us learn to like switch the rubric. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you are, if you're looking at, you know, someone who paints in a, in a realistic way, and then you're looking at something impressionistic and we know like these things are both good. And then you're looking at something like abstract, you know, whatever. And you're learning to like you you practice changing the rubric and going like, well what are the parameters in which I'm supposed to understand this? Like if we can if we can take those same like skills and apply them to people, like that's really, really valuable. Yeah. Like can I can I see this person and like how their actions what their actions mean in the context of their trauma yeah. or like, what do these, what does, what does this person's actions mean in the context of like the progress that they're making? Yeah, Like, you know, I don't know. I feel like, like taking the time to like, look layers deeper in art and, and not even, not even just layers deeper, but like, where is it in the context? Like, mm,
1: just that's learning. the word I
0: was just going to use context. Yeah. Like like seeing these kind of like branches in different ways, like where are things connected? Like, where is this coming from? Where is it going? You know, how do I evaluate this work in the context of this person's own past work or their influences or, you know, whatever, if we can like think that way about people and not just even individuals, but like, you know, generations, like larger group cultures, um, I don't know, it just feels it just feels like an important way in yeah. to like solving some of those problems. No,
1: totally for sure. And I and I agree with that. Like I was talking about art telling my truth, but you know, so much valuable art that just tells the truth of what's going on in society or yeah. what's going on for you know, people who come from all different kinds of backgrounds and being open to that truth. Yeah. And I just think art is such a good accessible way for people to relate to that it's a good teacher yeah yeah yeah
0: it's and it's a good like training ground like i mean even just being a consumer of art who doesn't make art like i think i think consuming art artfully is like part (laughs) of the artistic you know what i mean like it's it's part of it like it's a creative endeavor to consume art thoughtfully yeah like you have to like build those like neurodivergent pathways to like understand art and then like making art just like, you know, maybe helps you like solidify those things even more. But yeah, I've really so enjoyed talking with you.
1: I enjoyed talking to you too. Man, that was intense. It's <laughs> yeah, really that was, intense. Happy Sunday morning. <laughs> um,
0: is there anything else you want to say about your art, about making art, about art identity?
1: Um, No, I feel like we were pretty thorough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just really I always I feel like one of my purposes is to go back to that message of just telling people that like you're valuable and we're yeah. all going through really hard things not all of us but we're all going through different the levels human of difficulty is things pretty hard <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not an easy thing yeah. and just like you are so valuable like just telling people that they are so valuable and you don't yeah. feel that way all the time I do not feel that way all the time um but you know you just get you just remember and get through those moments and like don't give up (laughs) don't give up on yourself in whatever way
0: you know total 100 percent. and even just like having those kind of like radical acceptance like yeah I'm gonna make the thing that only I can make like one thing that I that I love about your work just like you know without knowing any of your context is like like you know these are just my words, like so i I'm, I'm not an art I'm not a visual artist, but like there's something about it that feels very simple, like because it's black and white, and there's also something about it that feels very complex because of all the lines mm-hmm. you know I mean that's just like how it hits me as like a non as like a person who doesn't speak a visual art language mm-hmm. um and in it it does feel totally unique, it hits in both of these ways, like it hits in like a, in a, in a, in a way that feels really accessible and it hits in a way that feels like really complicated. And I, and I don't know that I've seen anything like it. So I think that's true of like, I'm doing the thing that only I can do. And like, I, everybody's got something like that. I think even if the thing that you do is like sing poorly, joyfully, <laughs> you know, like the, I, I just feel like it's such an act of defiance to make something I love like that. whatever it is. Um, and like you know, if you don't think you have like that little kernel of like I'm special, like
1: like making something like makes it true. You know, like, I, I agree with that. I and just the act of making itself, if nobody sees it, if nobody hears it, um, just that act. I love that you just said it's like a cry of defiance. It's yeah. like I know I'm this tiny speck on this tiny planet in a gigantic endless universe not endless but anyway yeah (laughs) nerd talk not quite endless but um (laughs) but um like making something is an act of defying that of like well i'm gonna make something this universe has never seen right
0: yeah yes exactly like it's so powerful like even if the thing you make is like you know you you make a little like you make an origami bird you make gumbo you make like you know whatever like you you plant a seed and grow a flower. Like, you know, whatever the thing is that you're making, you like, you know, you, you braid someone's hair, like whatever it is, like, that's just a thing like that didn't exist. And now it's here. And like taking that action and like making something, whether the thing you're making is beautiful or whether the thing you're making is terrifying or, you know, whatever it is, like you're, you're, you're proving your, significance right in well, that little moment
1: and and having that moment be enough because i i love that i'm saying this and then i'll go home in 10 minutes and feel like i'm totally worthless yeah. like no, we have to
0: it's a cycle that's like just the art a thing cycle.
1: but but that little nugget has often been the thing for me that's like that like well that is a reason to keep on going because i if i don't do that nobody else is going to do that
0: 100 yeah and you're so right like we we cling to those little things and we really believe them and then later we kind of don't <laughs> Just, and then like believe said, them again it's a cycle but you're gonna keep doing it you're gonna keep like you're gonna keep doing it and that's like the point mm-hmm. um oh my gosh I love it so much okay I ask everybody at the end on this day what's your dream collaboration who would you love to work with
1: that is a horrible question to ask me because I have I know so <laughs> many amazing and artists that's why I say, like on
0: this day like it doesn't have to be permanent like <laughs> in the desiree that you are in this exact moment like who does she want to work with
1: Oh my gosh. I I honestly don't even know who to say because I know so many amazing, amazing artists all around the country. Just, I get a team. Yeah, you
0: can build a team.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to say, I am going, and this is why he's on my mind. I'm going to call out my friend, Justin Hillgrove, who lives in Washington. Great. Um, because, and, and the collaboration would be selfish because he has the most beautiful garden and he like makes these amazing games and like my assistant and I went to his house one day and just played games and like had a great time. And in my head, I'm like, I would like love to do a book or like, illustrate a like do something with him yeah. and it's so much of it is just that I just want to like hang out in his garden <laughs> like I want to have an excuse magical. to go to his house yeah. again yeah yeah I um and he's on my mind because he just came out with he just illustrated a book that came out and so I was reading it to my my nephew yesterday wow. yeah. and that's I think why he popped into my head but, I love it yeah well, that's great that's that's what I say like on this day like Just
0: the first answer that comes to your mind on this day is like the right one for this day. That's so funny. I'm almost embarrassed that
1: I said that. I feel like funny about, because like I said, like, I just know so many great artists and he was just there. I love it. I was just looking at his book yesterday. I love it. (laughs) And then finally, um, tell everybody where to find your work. Oh yeah. It's. I'm just going to say, if you just Google my name, um, because my mom spelled it so weird that if you Google my name, it's the only thing that comes up and then just okay. like click on a thing. Um, but it's D E S A R A E L E E. L E E, um, which also normally is my website, but right now I'm having a fight with GoDaddy. So it oh is no. not,
0: I was on your website today. Yeah, you
1: have to like put in Squarespace to get to my website now. It's like Desiree Lee slash Squarespace or something because I somehow lost my domain name. Oh, no. I bet you can get it back. I'm sure I just haven't put the effort in. Uh, GoDaddy has really good
0: customer service (laughs) in my experience.
1: I'm not saying anything. We're not really in a fight. It's more like (laughs) we went in like asked for customer service once. Yeah. (laughs) And then was too lazy to call and ask again. So we're in a fight because I'm lazy, basically.
0: (laughs) Well, I will send you with like the intention to call GoDaddy. And talk to like some nice computer science nerd who lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Never that's where they are. To me. Is that
1: what they are? Uh-huh, yeah. oh, no, it's like yeah. your, your family's <laughs> no, like, but, employed but by do, Daddy, I'm sorry.
0: I call GoDaddy. <laughs> no, they're not. I call GoDaddy all the time. Cause like, I also run my own website and mm-hmm. I need help all the time. And I always call and I'm always like, like try to ask, like, well, what high school did you go to? Like, are you from there? <laughs> do I
1: know you? you yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so far, everyone I've ever talked to has moved there from somewhere else. But it's just, oh. you know, it just helps me remember.
1: Like, oh these are just
0: people who just like live.
1: In oh, Phoenix. totally. Yeah. And now I feel bad because I said it trying bad. to be cute. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm in a fight with GoDaddy. No, but I really it. everybody's been really nice. And <laughs> also,
0: everyone who has a website is in a fight with GoDaddy.
1: That's that's, po- that's that's it's true.
0: That's that's just part of it. And
1: it's part of like, <laughs> I wouldn't be like an American consumer if I didn't get mad at a company for a reason that was my fault, right? (laughs) Like if I can't get mad at someone for something that's my fault, I'm not an American consumer.
0: (laughs) As a person who's an artist, but also has to run a website, like that's, that's, that's anger. That's like, (laughs) that's what that is it's It's, just like it just like it lives there in that space i'm upset
1: that i don't understand it and i have to ask for help i think that's where the anger comes
0: totally or like a resentment (laughs) that it's even required of you in the first place right nevertheless your website is beautiful and there's lots of beautiful stuff there and you can go and buy desiree's work and you're also so we'll just tell people like you have a website you're on instagram
1: Yes, and I'm also on Facebook, but I haven't been on my business page for a good. Instagram's couple of years. the place for artists, so it's Instagram
0: and the website. Those are the spots. That's those are my spots. Yeah. Okay, Desiree, thank you so much. This was so lovely. Thank you. That was absolutely an unexpected pleasure. Same. <laughs> I, well, I'm I'm always open to the the idea that I'll find a kindred soul, but it's always nice when I feel like it's it true. actually has happened. It's so. true. Well, thank you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Bye.